Good morning. The reading today is taken from Acts 16, verses 11 to 24, and can be found on page 1,112. So that's Acts 16, 11 to 24, on page 1,112. And it begins with Lydia's conversion in Philippi. From Troas we put out to sea and sailed straight for Somathrace, and the next day we went on to Neapolis. From there we travelled to Philippi, a Roman colony, and the leading city of the district of Macedonia, and we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath we went outside the city gate to the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshipper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptised, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. Paul and Silas in prison. Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. When her owners realised that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews and are throwing our city into uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell, and fastened their feet in the stocks. Thanks, Father, very much. We're going to have uh, uh, part two of the reading just a little bit uh, later on. First of all, though, I just um, I wonder, um, have you ever been to Eastbourne? Been to Eastbourne? It's quite a nice place, isn't it? Uh, uh, so, are we going to work? Here we are. There's Eastbourne, nice place to go. And uh, at least I thought it was a nice place. Uh, now I'm not quite so sure, because... Um, uh, I was meeting with uh, Mark Redhouse. Mark used to be... Oh, look. Oh, we didn't want those things, so I'll come back to that. Anyway, I was, uh, I was um, meeting with... Here he is. is Mark and Vanessa. He used to be youth minister here. He's now a vicar in Eastbourne. And um, I was meeting with Mark the other week, and, uh, and he said that uh, um, just, uh, just before that week that we met, they had had three fights in their streets 
just in that uh, week, just in a week before we met together. And uh, in fact, the, the third fight, so it's at night, okay? It's nice during the day, but outside their house, Susan's Road in Eastbourne uh, is, uh, gets a bit dodgy at night. And uh, he said the third fight was a couple of gangs. So he, he dialed 999, and they said, which service do you require? And he said, uh, well, um, I need the police. Send everyone you've got down to their road. I thought Eastbourne was a lovely place, but uh, anyway, appearances can deceive, can't they? Actually, talking dialing 999, um, sometimes people dial 999 for the most ridiculous reasons, don't they? And and I've got, um, oh, four of them here. So this is a true story. They dialed 999, they asked uh, what the problem was, and they said, well, uh, um, uh, my my partner and I have separated and we're having an argument as to who's going to get the hamster. And they dialed 999 for it. Someone else dialed 999. And they said, can you come and sort out a fight in our back garden? Can you come as quickly as you can? And they said, yeah, we'll be as quickly as you can. Um, uh, and then it transpired. The fight was between two squirrels. And then someone else dialed 999. And they said, please, can you go and get my husband from the pub so he can come home and sort out the freezer? And someone else dialed 999, maybe they were related to this person, and said, uh, um, I've just spent all my money and I, uh, at the pub, and then please can you come and give me a lift home? Those are real genuine things, why people dial 999. Anyway, uh, this morning we're thinking about two real emergencies as we look at Acts chapter 16 and verses 11 to 34. And we're thinking in particular about getting saved. So let's pray. Father, please, would you speak to us this morning from the Bible? Thank you. It is your word. And we pray you teach us uh, and remind us and help us to act on what we hear for Jesus' sake. Amen. So there are two people we're going to look at this morning. Uh, The second one is the Philippian jailer. We're going to come to him, but I will uh, mention some things about him, first of all. And uh, uh, the other one is this woman, Lydia. And we've read about her, Heather read us uh, for us there uh, from verses 11 to 15. And Lydia was a dealer in purple cloth. She was a businesswoman and was there in Philippi. And uh, the other guy, uh, we don't know his name, but uh, he was a jailer. Now, it's very interesting. Um, Jailers these days, prison officers look a bit like that, don't they? You can tell those are prison officers, but not in their day, because in their day, it was actually most likely that he looked something like this. Because it's quite likely Philippi was a Roman colony, and, uh, and it's quite likely that uh, the jailer there was a retired centurion. That's the kind of thing that retired uh, army officers did. In this country, retired army guys often go to be prison officers, and it used to be the same then. So it's quite likely that this guy was a retired centurion looking after the jail, and there was no messing with a Philippian jailer. So you've got these two people that we're looking at this morning. On the one hand, there's Lydia, a businesswoman. On the other hand, you've got a guy like that, this uh, uh, Roman uh, unnamed jailer. And they've both got the same emergency. And the same emergency that both of them have is that they're not saved. And that is actually the most dangerous situation you can ever find yourself in. Now, uh, we just got back from Men and Mountains. And uh, uh, so we had a, had a great time. And actually, it was a bit tricky. On the, it was, we had a high attrition rate, I have to say, on the first day. We lost 20% of our guys. Well, I mean, I say lost. They, they got back. They're here now, in fact. But uh, they weren't exactly walking very well by the time they got back on the first walk. But anyway, two years ago, Philip Williams uh, broke his ankle. 
uh, very high winds and uh, it's wet and cold, very steep and so on. They tried 999, but there was no signal. So, Philip, did you know you have to be really gritty to work the PA here at BH? Because Philip walked two miles back to the car on a broken ankle. And we walked up that path that he came down this, this time as well. And uh, so, uh, well done, Philip Williams. And, uh, uh, but anyway, there we are, foul weather, an emergency. You need 999. Uh, but actually, uh, you've got to have a signal when you have uh, up in the mountains, and they didn't have one. But anyway, when you're not saved, when you're not a Christian, that is an emergency as well. Okay? So this morning, we're thinking about getting saved. So we're looking at that uh, account there, and we're thinking about getting saved. And I'm going to ask three questions, or look at three questions. Uh, we're going to look at the first two now, then I'll sit down, and then we'll come back and we'll look at the, second, the third one in the second talk. And the first question uh, is this. Are you saved? Are you saved? Now, the jailer in Philippi, um, he was... Um, uh, he thought uh, all the prisoners, when they had this, uh, this earthquake there, he thought all the prisoners were going to escape and he'd pay with his life. But Paul and Silas, we just look on, we're going to read this later on, but just look on uh, in verse 28. Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we're all here. Uh, and then the jailer called for the lights and he fell at their feet. And in verse 30 he says, uh, uh, he says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? So he knows he's not saved and he needs to be. He knows he hasn't got a friendship with Jesus and he needs to have one if he's going to have eternal life and if he's going to spend all eternity in heaven. He realizes he's not saved and he knows that he needs to be. But then earlier on, we also had this woman, Lydia. Uh, and there were a bunch of women gathering there at the place of prayer on the Sabbath. There was no Jewish synagogue in Philippi. So the religious people went down to the river to pray and she was amongst them. And uh, you look at that in verses 11 to 16 that Heather read for us. Um, she's a worshipper of God, but she's not a Christian. She wasn't saved, and she knew it. And she knew actually there was an emergency in her life as well, that she's got to be saved. And God worked wonderfully, brilliantly, fantastically in her life. And uh, she and her whole household were baptized. And then she invited Paul and Silas and those who were with them uh, into their home. So you've got two people there. You've got Lydia, a businesswoman. You've got this Roman jailer, probably an ex-centurion. And they were there together. And both of them realized they weren't saved and they needed to be. And uh, uh, if you ask them at the start of 16, chapter 16, Lydia, are you saved? She would have said, no, I'm not. And if you'd asked the Roman centurion, the jailer, if he was saved, he would have said, no, I'm not, but I need to be. So, um, who's been to the dentist this week? Anyone been to the dentist? Good, excellent, oh, healthy lot, good. Okay, well, uh, healthy now, I trust. Um, who's had the car, anyone had the car service this week? None. I think you ought to. No, but anyway, I was um, I, just a few weeks ago. I was driving along, and our car had sort of one uh, has this thing that uh, rather irritatingly is kind of service now when you need so you turn on the ignition and when you turn it off again, service now exclamation mark and so on. Uh, and uh, so you know, recognise that something needs to be done. But that, actually, that's what Lydia the jailer did. That's what you you know you go to a checkup at the dentist. Something needs to happen. You go back and get things sorted out. Your car says it needs servicing. If it's got one of those funny things in it, then uh, then you go and. 
do it or you work out how many miles and it needs to get done. And they knew, are you saved? No. And they knew they needed to do something about it. Now, there are a lot of people who just assume that they're Christians. Maybe, and they maybe think, well, you know, I come to church or uh, uh, I do all sorts of nice things or my mum's a Christian uh, or, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just fundamentally a nice person. They, they, they kind of assume that they're Christians. Well, we have to ask ourselves the question, am I saved? Now, I don't want to put doubt in your mind if you are a Christian, but at the same time, don't necessarily just assume you're Christian without any reason for doing that. So that's the first question, are you a Christian? I mean, I, went to, I became a Christian as a teenager, but I was going to church for about three years before I became a Christian. And I was going along, and uh, I, I was pretty confused when I started. I gradually got cleared up and so on. And then when I was uh, 18, just 18, on the back of a boat on the Norfolk Broad, someone asked me a, Christian, a question. They said, effectively, they said, are you saved? Well, actually, they asked me when I got saved, which was sometime the previous autumn. But that was, I gradually became a Christian. But I'd been going along to church for a long time over that, over that time. So that's the first question. Are you saved? Well, you're saved when you put your belief in Jesus, when you commit yourself to Jesus, just like Lydia did, just like the Roman Philippian jailer did. Um, so that's the first thing. Um, are you saved? Second question is this. Do you want to be saved? Do you want to be saved? If you think you're not saved, do you want to be saved? Some don't, to be honest. I mean, some people are happy coming to church and uh, help out at stuff like, I don't know, the night shelter or maybe cooking one of those uh, uh, meals that we give out to folks on the pastoral team and things like that or maybe helping at Explorers or Rooted or whatever. Um, but uh, they don't want to get religious. They don't want to be too committed. They don't want to change their lifestyle. But Jesus said, you've got to be saved. And Lydia and the Philippian jailer here, look at verse 30. Uh, the jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. That's verse 29. And then he, he brought them out and asked, Sir, what must I do to be saved? Now they both wanted to be saved. And they had the opportunity and they grasped it with both hands. For some, it's like being on a ship. There's a huge storm. The cargo shifted. The, the ship is listing over. It's going to go at some point soon. So they radio in and the, uh, the Coast Guard helicopter comes. And uh, there it is. And they're rescuing people and so on. And uh, then there's one person left on the ship. And he says, no, don't worry. I'll be all right. It's fine. We're going to be okay. Um, uh, to be honest, I'm afraid of flying. And I've always been suspicious of helicopters. So I'll take my chances. Daft. And in the end, the helicopter has to go. And they leave him there on the ship. And then half an hour later, it breaks its back. It breaks into two and it sinks within minutes and his body is never found. Now, if you realize this is an emergency and you're not saved and you decide not to do anything, that's equally foolish. What's the one thing you want more than anything else? Could it be um, maybe seeing your grandchildren or having grandchildren or seeing your grandparents? Or could it be uh, that dream house and perhaps having a bedroom of your own because your mum and dad are going to move? Or uh, could it be actually getting your health back? Or could it be you're saving up for this carbon fibre bike? And uh, you think, I, I really want that more than anything else. How about being saved? 
Are you saved? Do you want to be saved? I'll be back in a bit. So we continue on verse 25 to 31. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for the lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptised. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. Insolute. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. So just earlier we were uh, seeing these two people. On the one hand there was this businesswoman, Lydia, and then there was the, the jailer in Philippi. And I reckon they had at least three things in common. First, they were in Philippi. Second, they weren't saved. And third, they wanted to be saved. And uh, the man working at the jail uh, said in verse 30 there, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? That's a great question. That's a brilliant question. It says, what must I do to be saved? And the answer is in, in the very next verse, 31. They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And uh, he believed and he was baptized with his household, verse 33. They believed as well. So look at verse 33. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds and immediately he and all his household were baptized. Uh, and it says there, uh, in, the, in verse 34, he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. And uh, for Lydia, it was the same. You look back to verses, uh, end of verse 14, beginning of verse 15, and uh, Lydia believed, was baptized, and her household as well. Now, some people say this is all a really good argument for having babies baptized, and uh, uh, it's part of an argument. Uh, I don't think it's a very strong argument, so uh, it doesn't say the households included infants, and uh, uh, so... So don't build an argument about baptizing babies on those two instances. Anyway, that's not the main thing this morning, because uh, the question is this, the second, the third question that we're looking at. Uh, how are you saved? How are you saved? Maybe you said, well, are you saved? I don't think I am. Do you want to be saved? Yes, I do. 
How do I get saved? So, uh, and there are three things that we see here. The first one is very simple, and it's just, sim- and it's just this. Listen. So Lydia, listen. Look back to verse 14. Uh, one of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia. She listens. Um, the slave was causing a nuisance in verse 17 there. Uh, there was causing a nuisance, but they were telling the truth. And, uh, and then in verse 32, then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all the others in his house. That's the jailer. Uh, so they listen. To be saved, we need to listen and we need to learn. To grow as a Christian, we need to listen and we need to learn. Um, so if you're, if you're not saved, you're thinking, well, actually, I, I, I want to find out more about this. Uh, I will guarantee that if you keep on coming here every week, you will learn more stuff. Come and listen and you will learn more things and you will find out more about the Lord Jesus. So keep coming, listen, find out. Um, yeah, what were Paul and Silas, uh, what were they been saying? Well, if you're a Christian, what would you say to someone else? If they say, well, what do Christians believe? When I was a young Christian, uh, someone told me uh, an outline of, uh, of what Christians believe. Um, and when I was told, it was, oh, that's clever, uh, it was God, God, man, God, man, God, which rolls off the tongue. This is a slightly better one these days, isn't it? God, people, God, people, God. What does that mean? Here's the outline, just have it in my mind. God created the earth, okay? That's the first one. People rebelled against God and his authority, his rule of our lives. God said, I want these people back with me. So Jesus, he sent Jesus, he came, he died for us, he was raised again in front of God. People, therefore, have a choice. Do you want to accept this or do you want to carry on living your life without God? And in the end, God will give us what we have chosen. That's the last God. He will come uh, and give us what we have chosen. When Jesus returns, if we've chosen life with God, we will have eternity with God. If we've chosen life without God, we will have eternity without God. That's my little outline. I have it in my mind. It's actually quite handy, I think. God, people, God, people, God. That's a little outline of, uh, of what we might uh, uh, say to others, what we need to understand ourselves. Uh, and that is absolutely fundamental. So the first thing is listen. The second thing that they were doing. So it was first, uh, how do you get saved? First of all, listen. Second uh, is believe. Believe. So look at verse uh, 15 there, for instance. So in verse 15, uh, when she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. Well, she had belief. If you consider to me a, a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. So Lydia believed. She knew the importance of believing. And in verse 31, Paul and Silas say to the Philippian jailer, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Christians are believers. We believe that Jesus was God on earth. We believe that Jesus died for our sins. We believe that Jesus was raised again from the dead. We believe that Jesus is coming back one day as Lord and judge of this world. God, people, God, people, God. That's what we believe. We are believers and we are committed to this man. This man, Jesus Christ, who came to this earth, who lived for us, who died for us and was raised and lives again for us. We are believers. So believe. And then the third thing, baptize or be baptized. And that's what happened. It happened to Lydia and it happened to the Philippian jailer. Those who believed were baptized. Uh, And if you're a Christian and you're not baptized, you should be. We'll get something sorted. If you want to be baptized, come and see me. We will get something sorted for you very soon. Because if you're not a Christian, you need to be baptized. 
There is no choice about it. It's what we do as Christians. Now, what does baptism mean? Well, I was in the loft earlier this morning, and because we've got a cardboard box in our loft that says Action Man. And uh, I was really very surprised. I haven't opened this box for, uh, oh, a very long time, I think. And uh, so, anyway, here's Action Man in his PT kit, all right? And uh, this is a genuine Action Man. I think it's probably 55 years old, because it was one of... I've got three Action Men in my cardboard box in the loft. I didn't know that. So here we are. Here's one of them. Now, when you're baptized, what happens is you go into the water, don't you? So you're there, and you go into the water, you go underneath it. He's bubbling. And, uh, and, then, and then you come out again of the water. I wonder if you wear boots when you're being baptized. Anyway, here we are. Um, so, so there are two things when you're baptized, okay? The first one is washing. It's an outward sign of what's gone on in your life, in your heart. So when you believe in Jesus, you believe that he's died for you and you are washed. It's an outward sign that you are washed clean spiritually from your sins. Baptism is also a a sign of of a whole second area of things, which is dying and rising. Dying to your old way of life as you go into the water, and then rising again to a new life as you come out of the water. And if you're not a Christian, also that is a picture of what being a Christian means. It means dying to your old life and starting to a new life. And that's one of the reasons why baptism is so significant. I wonder if we'll sit in the corner here. Maybe not. No. And uh, anyway, that's one of the reasons why baptism is so significant, because it's showing us what it means to be a Christian. So if you're not a Christian, and, but you have become a Christian now, then you need to be baptized And that's why it's kind of like a shorthand for what goes on in your life as a Christian. So that's how we say we listen, we believe, we baptised. Just a little bit earlier on, I asked Philip Williams if he'd come and tell us his story about how he came to faith. Do you want this one? Do you want a wet one? Thank you. Yeah. I was taken to the church when I was very little, so I used to go to Sunday school and all that kind of stuff. And even approaching teenage years, um, I chose to carry on going to church. And it gave me a kind of faith in God, but I saw him as very distant, really. And, and he seemed to kind of answer prayers in some sort of ways. The thing that really made the difference happened to me when I was 14 years old. A couple of my friends uh, went to an adventure camp, sailing, canoeing, archery, all that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, when they came back, um, one of the particular friends I met with him, he was quite a dominant character. And... Um, I started to notice something different about him, just, just in the few days after he came back. And the, um, uh, on the, having gone down to, we lived, I lived in Brighton and Hove, having come back from, from Hove, um, I remember we were on the top of a number 3A bus, used to run from, um, along Western Road, Church Road, came down, uh, uh, the, um, driveway, it doesn't do that anymore. Um, but we were, we were at Hove Station, in fact, and I said, to, uh, and he said to me, while I was away, something happened to me. And I said, okay, um, see, something's happened. And he said, I became a Christian. I was actually completely mind blown. I didn't know what he was talking about. Because for me, being a Christian was trying to read the Bible, trying to do what God had said, you know, trying to do your best. How could you become a Christian in two weeks? It didn't make any sense. 
In the evenings of the days that followed that, we had some long, long chats. And uh, he started basically giving me the gospel message, telling me what he'd learned about the Christianity. One of the big things that struck me is I'd been going for church for years. I'd learned a lot about Jesus. I knew that he, 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 you know, he'd taught, that he died, that he rose again. But you know what? That last bit I completely missed. I'd never really understood that he rose again. And one of the things my friend said, had said to him, if he rose again, you can know him today. And that really struck me. After a few days, um, the, he'd gone home one night. I literally got down on my knees at the edge of my bed one night and I said, God, there's, in two weeks this guy knows a lot more about the Christian faith than I did for all these years going to church. Show me what it is. Difficult to describe exactly what happened to me. Something happened right at that moment. Somehow that sense of God being a long way away changed and there was a very strong sense of him being really close to me. And it made a big difference to me day by day. Um, it, I, was a, you know, I, I was a believer of a sort before that, but I used to keep it really quiet. You know, I didn't say too much about it at, at uh, school. But after that, I got these little badges you could get and put them on my, on my blazer and uh, I was giving out tracts and all sorts of things. Um, and the... Um, well, I haven't looked back since then. I think that was two minutes, 45 seconds. So that, you only gave me a minute and 30, so That's great, I better thanks. shut up. <laughs> That's brilliant. Thank you very much. Oh, by the way, how's your ankle? <laughs> I don't think I've really got men and mountains again. Every time I go there, I do something. Last time I broke my ankle, as he told you about it, this time I, I, we had to jump a stream at one point because there was no way getting over it. And I must have landed a bit funnily because I, I at least strained a muscle and didn't actually rip it or something. So I am hobbling a bit again, I'm afraid. <laughs> You've got to come next time. You've got to come. <laughs> Great, fellas. Thank you very much. Well, we're almost done. Um, uh, are you saved? Do you want to be saved? How are you saved? Listen, believe, be baptised. And uh, if you'd like to believe for the first time, then uh, just a simple prayer, perhaps like this. Lord Jesus, I realise I'm not saved. I want to be saved, please. I believe in you. Please come into my life and help me to live for you from now on. And that's what Philip has just told us he did uh, by his bed uh, that night as, uh, as a teenager. So uh, um, if you do pray uh, that at any point, it would be really helpful to tell someone uh, because that would be a, a good thing to say, I've made that. And then we'd love to pray for you and so on. Um, uh, I'm just going to be quiet for a moment now. And um, if you'd like to pray that prayer now, if you think, actually, I'm ready. Or maybe you'd like to find out more. Maybe you'd like to uh, come on Alpha. It's been going for a couple of weeks, but I'm sure uh, have a word of Don at the end of the service if you'd like to come on. I'm sure we can uh, uh, would love to see you on Wednesday. Um, but, uh, uh, and also, I put a number of these booklets, Jesus, Who, Why, So What?, uh, are some uh, by the doors. So if you'd like to take one of those to find out more. But if you are ready, you might like to use this as an outline of a personal prayer saying, please, Lord, uh, I know uh, I'm not saved. I want to be saved. And please, could I be saved now? Let's be quiet for a moment and then back to Dawn.